Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back. This is And You Don't Stop Radio. Tim Einiger here with At The Library. We're speaking now with Dan Charnas, author of The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Rap. When, when, did, uh, when did artists start realizing that they could kind of push out the middleman? You, you talk about Cash Money Records and Wendy Day. If you could just talk briefly about that story and what happened and what that meant for the future of hip-hop. I started with Wu-Tang. Um, in 1992, 1993, um, when RZA decides, almost out of ignorance, right, that, well, I'm going to sign this group to Loud, but I got nine members, and I don't want all the nine members signed to Loud Records. I want to sign them to other record companies so that, you know, I can make more money, that they can make more money, and that I kind of have everybody working for the Wu rather than the Wu just working for one company and at the mercy of one company because he had been at the mercy of a record company before and it didn't work out so well for him. So RZA had nothing to lose and he had a great bargaining chip, which was this hot record. So Loud Records uh, and RCA, their parent company, agreed to waive the sacrosanct leaving member clause of the contract, which allowed Method Man to sign to Def Jam and allowed... Old Dirty Bastard that he signed to Elektra and allowed the genius to be signed to Geffen and so on and so on. And that's sort of the first salvo in this artist independence uh, war. And I think that um, in my book, I, I use Wendy Day, the head of the Rap Coalition, um, as uh, a way to talk about uh, an increasing generation uh, of other artists in the mid 1990s uh, who also took steps to ensure their own sovereignty, right? Now, Wendy Day is not responsible for all of these artists, but um, she sort of becomes a linking device for them in the book. So, uh, you know, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy, he, he is also someone who very quickly insists on his own sovereignty. Um, and of course, his legendary uh, you know, entitled behavior at Uptown got him fired, but quickly got him a better deal at Arista, and that leads to Bad Boy. And then there's E40 out in the Bay Area. Again, the East Bay, kind of ignored by the major labels, and allows a whole scene to go up, uh, you know, come up there where E40 can sell 100,000 uh, 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 copies of his own record without hardly any assistance from anyone, no radio play. You know, why did E-40 need anyone? So when Jod wants to do a deal with him, he's not taking the, the, the deal that uh, some neophyte artist with no, you know, sales track record 
uh, is forced to take. He is negotiating for the best. And then as E40 gets a better deal, then Master P can get his deal. And then uh, Cash Money can get their deal, which was in the late 1980s at the time just unheard of, uh, a pressing and distribution deal uh, that a record company actually forked over a $3 million advance for to allow them to own their own masters and walk away, really, at any time. I mean, that's that was how much it had changed. From a, from a business aspect, um, do you think the more an, an artist, artists have become independent where they're kind of able to be their own like agent or able to be their own negotiator, do you think that in a weird way dilutes the business of hip-hop or the business of music at all, or is that actually more of an empowerment to the business of hip-hop? Well, there's traditionally sort of been this church and state line between art and commerce, and um, some people are more, um, some artists are better at it than others, you know? I think we can see somebody like Jay-Z has always been good at kind of being both, um, but there's some artists who want nothing to do with the business side, um, and so they either need to partner with people who do care, or they're essentially going to be the property of somebody else. I mean, that's just how it happens. So, yeah, I mean, it takes a, a skilled person to be able to be an artist and also weigh issues of commerce. Um, but it can happen, and sometimes when it happens, it actually produces the greatest art ever. Do you think the uh, the current success of hip-hop as a culture, um, if you just take the music aspect of it, do you think the success will allow more artists to kind of go back to, quote-unquote, their roots? I mean, to be a little more creative and not worry about having to have that commercial pop hit right away? Well, in one sense, it's already happening, right? The mainstreaming of hip-hop has allowed somebody like Kanye West or somebody like Nicki Minaj to be more experimental about what they're doing. Like, those are artists who are very, I would say, kind of visually and orally extravagant. Um, Kanye's kind of doing some wild stuff. I mean, even though he's commercial, he's, he, he's experimenting a bit. And I think Nicki, you know, is, you know, her, her, she's more like a performance artist, you know, than a rapper, right. you know, per se. So, I think to a certain extent it's happening. Um, we are entering a, a kind of a, what I would call a danger zone, though, in that when you become part of the mainstream, like what got hip-hop into the mainstream was the fact that hip-hop developed leverage. It created institutions outside the mainstream um, that were so, that grew to be so powerful that they forced the mainstream to pay attention and to do business with them on their terms. But once these public companies are welcoming you in, um, you lose the impetus to be an owner sometimes. Um, and so once those independent institutions go away, if they wane, then hip-hop becomes vulnerable again to uh, what you might call the mainstream mind. If you totally stripped out the business aspect of hip-hop, how would, the culture, how would that affect the cultural aspect? Like, What would be different about today's culture of hip-hop if there wasn't any business proponent of it? Nobody would know a thing about it. Um, you know, there wouldn't have been uh, uh, Rapper's Delight, and there wouldn't have been a Run DMC, and there wouldn't have been uh, Adidas sponsorships, and there wouldn't be Rock Aware to Wear, and there wouldn't be uh, 
Fresh Prince on TV and Will Smith in your movies. Um, it was very it, it, the business side of hip hop was so integral integral to you know what we experience as hip hop fans as to be inseparable, and that's why I've always felt that you really haven't told the story of hip hop until you tell the story of the hip hop business. That's why I I wanted to write the book, and. Um, you know, I also feel in some ways that, you know, hip-hop, we always talk about hip-hop having four elements, uh, DJing, MCing, uh, graffiti, and breaking. And Grandmaster Kaz has often talked about a fifth element being style, which I think is correct. And I, I would make an argument for the addition of a sixth element, which would be marketing. And that while there will always be a tension between art and commerce, that hip-hop has done well to embrace that. Um, And there are ways for art and commerce always to coexist. The name of the book is The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip-Hop by Dan Charnas. Dan, thanks for joining us on Annie Don't Stop. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece with nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.